George Strait, the fireman. Yeah, a little irony. A little irony. We interviewed Jack Johnson this week, and he's one of his. It's one of his favorite artists, but uh, also has a little bit uh, to do with uh, with our with with you, our co-host. How are you doing? Yeah, fine. I don't. I know you know this, and a few people do that probably listen to this. But we had a terrible house fire um, at our home in Chattanooga, and uh, I do want to give a shout out to the firemen that were there um, that helped on um, helped on that. I, I can't remember how many fire trucks that were at our house uh, at seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning um, a few weeks ago, but um, it, there were a lot and. Uh, I will say this, those guys go in there and risk their lives every day. And a shout out to those people. But yeah, we're doing fine. And I tell you, I I don't mean to just keep on rolling about this, but I'll tell you another thing that's really amazing. Uh, And I, and I know that there's communities all over Tennessee. And I think that's what makes Tennessee special. But people like that I never knew were, you know, um, helping us get stuff out of our house uh, boxing things up and, and just helping out. And it was amazing to see that. That's and, awesome. um, I think that's just something special to our state and, um, in our community. Well, I know from, from our perspective here in Nashville, we were just all trying to figure out what we could do to be helpful. And you feel kind of helpless, not being even in the same city as where you live. But, uh, you know, we all were praying for you and your family, but we also wanted to help somehow and um you know we're glad everybody's safe and and healthy everything kind of salvageable or no (laughs) not really (laughs) but look i mean you know everybody was safe and uh uh i do you you know things are all different i would say this though that it did it does give me a new appreciation about people that are dealing with any kind of disaster and also say this that you know I think even the smallest thing, if you can help somebody that's been a victim of a disaster, it it's so much appreciated because you know your 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 mind is racing about all the things that are going on and you need to do and all this, and it's just very helpful to have people to help out. We're well very said. fortunate to have really good friends. Well said. Well, you know, we've obviously been trying to keep up with with. Uh, with you and, and make sure that your everybody in your family is, is, is safe and healthy. And, um, you know, we, we appreciate, appreciate you and glad everybody's safe and, you know, yeah. And everybody, thanks to everybody for reaching out that, you know, that don't live where I do and, and just saying, you know, we're praying for you and we're thinking about you. It's much appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, but, uh, what a, what a great interview we had today. We did. We got this week. We talked to Jack Johnson, um, Senate Majority Leader and um, a really good discussion about who he is and why he does what he does and some of his passions, both in the legislature and personally, and um, just a tremendous story and a lot of music. And like we said in our intro, he just loves George Strait and Merle Haggard, and we got to hear some stories about Mm -hmm. that. And yeah, um, we'll get to that in a minute. I guess feels a little trivial to talk about news, knowing the weightiness of you're kind of dealing with a, you know, kicking off with, with, you know, well, the, news, your update. The, the world goes on, the news goes well, on. Well, that's true. So, you know. That's true. Um, you know, we've got, uh, Fauci's emails came out since our last podcast. Any, any thoughts about the, uh, esteemed head of NIH telling the, the country things for the last year and a half? That, I think that was kind of the problem from the get go that, I mean, I recognize when you, when you see like, 
one week you hear, well, more than one week, a few weeks you're hearing, oh, masks don't work, don't wear masks. And then all of a sudden it's like, wear masks. And I'm not, I'm not here to say whether they work or not. I, I wore a mask, but I'm just saying, I think that's why, uh, I just think that's why a lot of people are a little, um, they just don't trust everything they hear from, from yeah. our, from our leaders. Yeah. Because they, they get mixed messages. I feel like, you know, there were, there were things for both sides to, to be able to point to, um, you know, obviously it showed press trying to goat him into saying things about Trump and he wouldn't do it. Um, obviously there were situations where, um, you know, it, it seems a little dishonest, frankly, um, or just not completely truthful. Um, I just, to me, I would, I've questioned a lot of his stuff for a long time, but I've been in the minority on that and I recognize that, but, um, you know, I think it at least opens the door for other questions from others perhaps. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. That's right. Um, you think the press on? turns on him? And this is a question I, I heard on a different podcast. But uh, do you have any? Do you, do you think uh, he kind of stays the course, or do you think over time there's going to be kind of a turn? Oh man, that's a great question. I, I don't. I don't know because the. You know the problem is that they they pumped him up. Yeah, for so, so much long. investment. I agree. And they yeah exactly they've invested in him. Yeah, it's like I agree. Do they turn on him? It, I don't know it. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think they talk about it a lot. I yeah. I, I mean, I just I, I think they kind of ignore it mm-hmm. and try to try to ignore it. At some point, you know, the history of all of this will be written, and you know, it's gonna not look great on some people. And Fauci's probably gonna be one of them. But it'll be so far removed that it really probably doesn't even won't even matter. But uh, right. maybe we hopefully we learn from it over time. Right. Um. Some other D.C. news. I know we're kind of a Tennessee podcast, but uh, um, there's a lot of D.C. news being made over the last few days. Uh, Joe Manchin is in the news again. Mm-hmm. Wrote an op-ed in his home state paper talking about how he's not going to you know, abolish the filibuster. He's not going to vote for this you know, election bill the Democrats are trying to push. And somehow the you know some of his more vocal elements of his party are upset with him not that he's changed his position on well anything, he, but... he is from west virginia yeah yeah he's a pretty crafty politician yeah yeah um you know and the Re- republicans have that kind of thing going on that we they've had that kind of thing on their side too for years you know it's it's not new the, but I mean, it's it's not new it does seem to me odd to me that like he gets he, it is a little bit different with the democrat party i do you never this is nothing against the Democrat Party necessarily, but I don't. I've never felt like there's been as much independence in the Democrat Party. Yeah, they usually kind of fall more lock, you know, more in line. More yeah, in line yeah, more leadership. Yeah, I, I just I'm amazed at how many times he has to keep he keeps getting asked the same question. He has the same answer, and yet somehow they keep asking it <laughs> yeah. as if he's going to change his change mind. Change his mind. I, mean, it's just, I know it's kind of. I mean, incredible. maybe it's like the the old movie thing. If you ask it three times, you know they change. Okay, fine, I answer your question, but. <laughs> Um, you know, I just, yeah, I just, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's over and over and over again. And we've been hearing this story for six months and it's still a shock to people that he's, you know, sticking to his guns. Yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, you know, speaking of guns, Tennessee baseball, just, you know, crushing it Mm -hmm. hitting, dropping home runs and grand slams and heading into their first super regional in a long time. A sold out super regional. Yeah. Which is I've been to a super regional before in South Carolina, and they have a huge baseball base. And um, 
I think that's going to really help Tennessee. I mean, when I went to that game, not every it wasn't sold out. What I'm saying, and, yeah. And Tennessee's going to be sold out, and it's going to be probably rocking. I think so. And I think the only thing LSU's got going for them is that they've just been there before. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's that's probably. I mean, they're a good right, team. But... Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, we've got. But Tennessee's a a very good team. We um. We just can't have nice things, and I think our fan base is kind of expecting that to happen. But goodness, it'd be great to to see them do that. And I'm know, not sure I'd want to be an LSU fan at that. At that oh stadium. no, no, I, I wouldn't. If I were an LSU fan, I probably I think wouldn't I'd go. Buy, I yeah. think I'd stay watching yeah, the TV. Yeah, might be tough. <laughs> there's there's a lot of invested interest in seeing this team succeed. So if you're cheering for LSU, you might get some. But some man, pretty, my, pretty my nasty wife looks. is like a huge baseball fan, and she's been watching all of that stuff, man. It's been fun to have it on TV. Yeah. You know, like for the longest time, it's kind of hard to find. You know, you're kind of going up against right. the NBA playoffs and everything else, NHL playoffs. But so many channels now, like oh, it's just there well, and you well, can she find was it. watching it's like the, great. the, you know, the, the, the LSU game the other night, yeah. like, you know, at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? But, <laughs> I was watching the Arkansas Nebraska game. It's just like, it's great to be able to, you know, watch these. The only thing that I, about college baseball and, it it's not a big deal, but I just I wish they used wooden bats. It's just I just love the crack of a wooden bat more than the ping of an aluminum. Well, bat. it does take away a little bit of the whatever. Yeah, but the, you know it, it's not a big deal. Like I said, I mean it's well, like listening. It, it, like, it, it does make for more interesting games because yeah. you have so much more offense. That's right. Well, that's true. And, you and know, the ball. Somebody pops can off make a, a quick more. comeback. That's right. That's right. And you know it it, it sound what I've what I've decided. You know now that my son's playing baseball. And you hear the ping in Little League Baseball, it helps feel almost like college baseball is more amateurish. And not I don't see that negatively. I say that as like pure in that it's not professional. And so no, that's like a good a, point. Aluminum bat to me just sounds like kids playing. Right. And to me, like there's a little bit of that in the college baseball where I was kind of more negative on it, where I'm kind of as as I'm getting older and having my son play, it's kind of like, okay, I can, I can see this as, as an allure. Yeah. I mean, so. well, I mean, you know, in NFL football, right. The football is bigger than it is in college. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. So, I think that's right. You know, um, you know, one kind of personal note, and we got a little feedback from our last podcast talking about movies, um, or at least the bond movies. But, uh, you know, this June 12th marks the 40th anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, Which you reminded me that that was filmed or released in 1981. 1981? I think it's remarkable that I did not go see it at the movie. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. I, uh, I I will confess I was alive, but I uh, was certainly not old enough to go see Well, Raiders. I was old enough and old enough to take a date <laughs> and all that. I'm not exactly sure what happened. Yeah. But, uh, but I did not go see it at the Cleveland Movie Theater. Well, I grew up with it in many, many ways. You know, the, the iconic score... You know, but the, I love the, the movie. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen it many times. The, the fedora hat, just you know, the the when they're in Cairo and he's in the you know in the in the map room and the light beams and he finds the ark and it's just there's just so many just iconic movie moments. You know, I I just feel it's just like a reliving childhood. And uh, you know, actually, what's interesting is we got to show it to our kids. You know, last year. And I think we're going to watch it again <clears throat> this week just because it's the anniversary now. But they loved it, too. I mean, it's 40 years old, but it was still this timeless, a great, great movie. Timeless movie. Yeah. 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 So uh, maybe maybe watch that. We'll add that to our newsletter this week. You know, watch watch Raiders of the Lost Ark with your family if you can. Yeah. So well, what do you say we get to our interview with uh, Leader Johnson? 
It sounds good to me. All right. Coming up next, Senator Jack Johnson. Joining us today, Devaney, is Senate Majority Leader Jack yeah. Johnson. Jack, thanks for joining us today. We That's appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you for being yeah. here. Yeah, well, I appreciate the opportunity. It's good to be with you. Guys. Yeah, we've you know we're kind of we were talking before we we started recording. We've we've interviewed several interviewed both speakers now, and now we're going to our majority leaders. Yeah. And so you are first. Uh, you know, Senate. We'll talk to Lamberth as well. But great. You know, our 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 goal is just to have Tennesseans get to know their leaders better and you just have some have some good conversations and just figure out who Jack Johnson is and and why he chose to put and his it, name on a ballot. And it won't be all politics today. Okay? That's right. That's good. We're going to talk a little music if you don't mind. Oh, I'll, I'll talk about music. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Let's get your mic in front of you a little bit more. Okay. There you go. Closer. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Um so Jack tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, it's, it, your timing is good because I'm celebrating this week is uh, my 30th anniversary uh, Congratulations. moving to Tennessee. Uh, 30 years. It was 30 years. And I don't remember the exact day, uh, and I wish I had documented that, but I know it was the first week uh, in June, roughly, because whenever I got here, um, uh, I went, I was trying to, I got here late at night, and I'd driven in, and I was trying to find a, a motel. I didn't have a lot of money, but I'm trying to find a place to stay. And I went to like three different motels and they were all booked. And I finally asked the third one, uh, it was the Motel 6 over on Trinity Lane. <laughs> and I, I said, why is everything booked up? And they said, well, it's fanfare. Oh, so wow. I, I, I just happened That's to arrive funny. during fanfare. So my first night in Tennessee, I slept in my car. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. That's so amazing. In yeah. the parking lot of the Motel 6 on Trinity Lane. Wow. Yeah. And you, like me, came from Texas. Uh, yeah. uh, what, uh, what brought you out here? Well, I was young and irresponsible, and uh, my parents thought I was crazy, but had always loved music and had a passion for it, and, and didn't necessarily aspire to have a career in music, but uh, wanted to come and just check out Nashville and, and see, see what it was like, and it uh, didn't take long. I, I got a job and, and, uh, at a bank, and I started working there, and uh, met my wife a short time later, future wife, at a Young Republican event, and uh, got involved in that, and got involved in grassroots politics with her, and and uh, and it's been 30 years. And, That's awesome. And it's, uh, this is so. Home. Wow, I did not know that you moved out here just sort of cold. Like, yeah. Not knowing really anybody. Or that's uh, that takes a soul. lot of courage. Well, that's why I say it's kind of. I look back, and if one of my kids wanted to do that, I'd probably freak <laughs> out. And, I mean, really nervous about it, but uh, but it it did. It worked out, and. Uh, and like I said, I'm grateful that I that I made the move because I love Tennessee. Where 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 at home? Where in Texas was home where you moved from? So it's a small town just outside of Austin, about 50 miles northwest of Austin, a little town called Burnett, Texas. Yeah. B-U-R-N-E-T, uh, kind of in the hill country area. It's also referred to as the Highland Lakes area. And, and my dad's a banker. Uh, uh, he's the town banker there. In fact, he's retiring at the end of this year after 40 years at, at that bank. And uh, he's been president for about 35 of those 40 years. But uh, so, yeah, little small town, kind of a Mayberry uh, type vibe. It's a cool so, town. I've, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there before. I think they have is storms. I know yep. it's in Lampasas. Yep. They, they have a storms. Oh, my goodness. This is a hamburger place. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, like a, it's good. It's well, a local Texas version of a Sonic kind yeah. of Yeah. It's like a Texas place. version. Great burgers, just great food. <laughs> Not very healthy, but really good. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Well, 30 years ago, that didn't matter. Now, yeah, yeah, now we pay a little more attention to that stuff. Yeah, right. exactly. So you, mo you moved to Tennessee, the music side. Um, 
did, did you kind of play gigs on the side as you got into banking early on or like because you seemed like you were kind of chasing a dream there a little bit well a little bit uh, my dad gave me really good advice he said if you're gonna do this I think it's kind of a crazy idea he said but but if you're ever gonna do it now's the time you're young you're single you have no responsibilities so if you're gonna do something do it now he said but just have a job you know have have a, a career play music if you want to but 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 have a career to fall back on and that was good advice and, and mm -hmm. that's what I did and ended up in banking and uh, uh, and it all all worked out but yeah we played a, a buddy of mine moved up here shortly after I did from Texas uh, and we still play music together he's a lieutenant with the Franklin Police Department right oh now, wow Charlie Richards so that's awesome we've been playing music for over 30 years because we were playing back in college now you have a band still right we do yeah yeah, yeah we still play tell us about it yeah, so uh, again, we do it for fun, uh, Charlie and I do, and, and, and over this past 30 years, we've gone through f fits and starts of, of playing music, and, but for the last, I guess, eight or nine years, we've been playing with a, with a group of guys that we used to play with years ago, and, and so Charlie is an amazing singer, just a great vocalist, and I try to play lead guitar. Um, I'm not very good, but I, I try to. And then we've got a steel guitar player, a drummer, and bass player that are all professional musicians. They, they do it for a living. They're session guys, and, and they play with us for fun, and, and they like the material we play. So we play charity things, and we have one standing gig a month, and that's uh, the second Sunday afternoon at Puckett's and Leaper's Fork. So we, were, we, we, we play at, uh, at Puckett's out there, and that's, that's cool. a lot of fun. That's a great place so to did play. You, I assume that you had a band in high school. Yes. And my dad played. My, and your dad played. Did yeah. he play guitar? He did. Yeah, he's the one who taught me to play. And so that's that was kind of our father-son thing growing up. It's playing music. That's and, awesome. Yeah, he's a big bluegrass guy. So I played a lot of banjo when I was a, a kid. So did you banjo. do like primarily country in your mm -hmm. in yeah. your band? Yeah. Or? Yeah, country, and then and then some bluegrass. You know, growing up with my dad. But uh, and the guys we play with now, it's just pretty much hardcore old country music so you, you didn't music. have like a heavy metal band right? no no we didn't because <laughs> we're from that era we are that's why i ask yeah. i will sometimes joke with the guys that that we're going to open this show with our metallica medley you know, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, with steel guitar so <laughs> that's awesome and so you're the fame hit and you guys you went on your solo career yeah. after that right yeah. yeah no there was no fame and there was certainly not much money in it as well so again back to my dad for the good advice of having another job so if I added up all the money I've, I've, I've made playing music over the last 30 years, it, it wouldn't amount to much, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so you met your wife at Young Republican events, mm -hmm. and now you guys have been, you know, you have a family. She's a judge, right? She is, circuit court judge. And, uh, and as I tell people that she became a judge in 2014, she was appointed by Governor Haslam to fill a vacancy. And as I tell people, it, it will change the dynamics of your marriage when she becomes a judge. You know, she can lock me up any time. That's so, right. Yeah. So I have to be very careful. You know. Have you so, ever tried to hide her robe just to kind of mess around with her? <laughs> hide her robe and her gavel. No, yeah, yeah. That, wouldn't be, that wouldn't be smart. That wouldn't be smart. So when y'all were doing Republican politics... I guess it was in Williamson County. Is that where you were? Yeah, or Williamson, here Davidson. Davidson and, and all around. Uh, we actually lived for a, a brief time in Wilson County, and through a strange confluence of events, my wife found herself as chairman uh, of the, the county party in Wilson County. I did not know that. And this now was that's, 2000. Okay. So if you remember, that was a big year. Huge uh, year. With, with President Bush, George W. Bush, beating Al Gore in his home state, right. and had he not, he would not have been president. And so we, we were working hard. But yeah, we started dating in, uh, I guess, 92, and she was already active in the Young Republicans, and, and I was 
interested in that. That's why I was there. And so that that's what we did for fun is weekends, especially in election years. Of course, mm -hmm. 94 was a big year. So mm -hmm. we were door knockers, envelope stuffers, phone mm -hmm. call makers for Fred Thompson, Don yeah. Sundquist, Bill Frist. Right. And uh, so that was an exciting year. And then and then in uh, 96, uh, of course, you had Dole Kemp, uh, that, that campaign. That Fred's reelect. Fred's reelect, that's, that's right, because right, he, he had the two-year cycle. And then, uh, but then 2000 was a big year with the, with the Bush, Bush Gore race for Tennessee. There was, there was, there was, there was, this was a pre-meme time, but this was uh, one of my favorite email attachments that went around back then was a picture of Welcome to Tennessee, home of Vice President Al Gore, and then somebody put a sign under it, and 11 electoral votes for George W. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was a uh, that was a big deal. Were you were you here in Nashville on election night? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, yeah, in two thousand. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, it was at the Wild Horse. Yeah. That the big that, that is a, the thing is a state party. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it was a it was a big big event. Well, but, well the Gore people were. Yeah, down the Gore people the, were down here at, at Memorial Plaza, right? right. And so yeah. it was. I mean, that was the big thing where everybody was waiting for him to come waiting out and proceed, and he wouldn't. And, and then he changed his mind. That's and, right. And yeah, it was a late night. And obviously yeah, it spilled into several weeks, um, but I remember uh, there they had the big screen up. We were all at the Wild Horse Saloon. It was packed, and it, you know that you could cut the tension with a knife. And uh, but when they flashed up and they called Tennessee for Bush, the place <laughs> just erupted. I mean, the yeah. roof came off of that, and so that was very exciting. Very very exciting. I was in Washington that night, and it was it was much more low key. I was, I was in uh, I was in Austin that night, but I'll save that story uh, for another time. <laughs> but it was a it was a, it was a it was surreal because it was late, you know. Yeah. So you anyway. were you were a volunteer, you know, you kind of were the on the party side of it, doing the politics thing. What made you decide to put your name on a ballot and run for office? Well, um, you know, uh, I was happy just being a volunteer and never have done it professionally I mean it, all of our campaign work was all volunteer stuff but just really enjoyed it and um, enjoyed working on campaigns and um, and doing that type of thing in 2004 I got asked by the White House to be the Middle Tennessee volunteer chairman for Bush Cheney reelect and uh, and but most of my attention was on Davidson and Williamson counties we lived in Brentwood um, right on the Williamson-Davidson County line. And so just did a lot of stuff in Davidson, did a lot of stuff in Williamson uh, for that race. And, uh, and in doing so, of course, met a lot of folks and got even more ingratiated into the, to the political scene with the different, different people there. Well, then it was two years later, 2006, when uh, my predecessor, Jim Bryson, made a decision to run for governor right. uh, mm -hmm. against Phil Bredesen, who was up for reelection. Obviously, that was unsuccessful for, for Senator Bryson, but uh, it opened up the Senate seat. And it was a, it was a last minute thing, literally. He announced his yeah. candidacy for governor on Tuesday and Thursday at noon that week was the filing deadline. Wow. So now we kind of knew you know, in advance of that that it was going to happen. He was going yeah. to do it. The seat was going to open up. But, we, but I was in this posture of I was not comfortable pulling a petition to run for Senate until he announced he was going to run for governor. I just thought it'd be bad protocol. Right. Maybe it wouldn't have been, but since most people knew. But he made his announcement over here at the Hermitage in, mm -hmm. uh, in uh, that room there, the long skinny yeah, room. Right. And, uh, and from there, I immediately went to uh, the election commission and pulled a petition. 
And so and then I had to get the 25 signatures and all that stuff and, and yeah. turned it in Thursday morning. Uh, so it was, it, it yeah, was which just, is a little nerve wracking. It is. Oh, yeah. And you want to make sure you got you all the signatures, signatures. And, <laughs> and all that stuff. So, <laughs> so it, was a, it was a sprint, not a marathon. So it went from, from a standing still to full sprint running for the Senate. Had a six-way primary. There were six names on the That's about to ask. That's what I can't remember if there was a primary. Yeah, yeah, there were six of us running, and and, uh, 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 one uh, person had filed but then said he was not going to run, but it was too late to get his name off the ballot. So there were six names but five actively running. So. Was his name John Johnson? No. No. Confusion? No, it wasn't. It wasn't, but... uh, (laughs) So it was a it was a tough race. It it was uh, it was very competitive, and and I eked out a, a victory in the primary by 272 votes. Oh wow! What was your key to victory? Uh, knocking doors. Yep. Yep. Knocking doors. And uh, my wife uh, was knocking. I was knocking, and we had volunteers out knocking doors. And and uh, I was outspent by two people. Uh, one person outspent me two to one, and another one outspent me three to one in mm-hmm. uh, in the primary. But uh, we just. I, I came from that background, yeah, and the knocking doors makes a difference. Yeah, it was the ground sure. game. It was the ground game. That's that is any. This is the a key. Brandy McNally said the same thing. No, it's true. You know, knocking yeah, on doors helped him win. Yeah, and that's you know, it just we, we said it then. You know, it, it, political one hundred and one. If if there's any doubt, go knock on doors. Yep, <laughs> and I enjoy it. I, I I do. A lot of some folks don't and find it to be a grind, but uh, uh, I I really enjoyed it and. Uh, and I still have people today, and, and my wife does too, run into you in the grocery store and say, yeah, I, I voted for you because you knocked on my door. You, you know, and you also get a, a feel about what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can run all the polls you want to, but, it, you know, it also validates maybe what's on the poll. Yeah, it does. That you're hearing from people, because yeah. they'll tell you. Oh, they will. And, yeah. And those, those front porch conversations are, are, are really good. Um, for as you say, learning what's on people's minds, and uh, and it you know it changes sometimes too. Right. So Williamson County has changed a lot since you moved to Tennessee and then ran for office, and now have you know kind of been in for a while. What are what are some of the key differences you've seen over the time you've been in elected office and even been in Nashville area overall? Well, obviously the growth in, in Williamson County it just continues to have explosive growth, and um, and w- w- my first four years I had. Um, all of Williamson and a chunk of Davidson County. So I had about 80,000 people in, in Davidson. And uh, I, I'm a two-time record holder for the most votes cast for a state Senate candidate in Tennessee history. I wish I could say that's because I'm such a great state senator, but it's because <laughs> the, the district was so big, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And just because of the population growth. But um, but so the growth has, has, has obviously been good, but it's challenging and and just the the change in the landscape, both in, and of course now I just represent Williamson County, um, and it's it, the growth has been explosive. The other thing is, I've while I've been in elected office, uh, the advent of social media has has come about because mm-hmm. none of Facebook, Twitter, none of that existed. Yeah. Um, Do you say that's a good thing or a bad thing? So it, it's good and bad. Yeah. It's good and bad. There's there's a lot of a noise um, on on social media and and a lot of negativity. Uh, which is unfortunate, um, but it, it does also give you a, a, a good way to, to communicate with your constituents. And that's a challenge for someone, I think, at my level, and maybe at any level in, in public service, is, is communicating with your constituents, just 
keeping them engaged and you know knowing what's going on. That's why I appreciate things like this um, and more long form types of, of uh, creative content that, that goes out because there's just a lot of misinformation. I tell people in my con constituent communications, I spend at least half my time when I'm talking to constituents, responding to emails, correcting misinformation. Mm -hmm. There's just there's so a lot much out misinformation out there. And you know, somebody will email in or call into the office and they're mad about this or that, and then I, I call them back and I, and I say, well, you got bad information. That's not really what that bill does, mm -hmm. or that's not really what's happening. Here's what we're actually doing. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. You know? I mean, they probably are even asking you to vote on stuff in Washington that you're not even elected for. Exactly, yeah. I, I do get, on occasion, someone will say, well, how often do you have to go to Washington? And, uh, mm -hmm. and I said, well, I, I serve in Nashville. I'm in, I'm in the state legislature. And they're, oh, okay, okay. That's, yeah, yeah I, I mean, it, it, you want to help people learn that. It's not a negative that they don't know no, it, but no. it is a, there, there's a civics deficiency sometimes with people kind of knowing where to go for information or talk to somebody about something. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and again, that's why uh, it's a challenge. So back to the social media thing, there, there is value there in being able to, to communicate and, and reach out to your constituency in, in that manner and not have to rely on traditional media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Redistricting is coming. I mean, obviously Williamson County is getting bigger. Are you, you know, are you feeling like your, your district's going to shrink a little bit in terms of size? Yeah, without question. Uh, it will have to shrink uh, again and uh, it's, it's too big. Uh, we think that the number, we don't have the final numbers yet. We, we expect to get those in the next couple of months, but uh, but I'm going to be probably 30 to 40,000 people over wow. what uh, a Senate district should be. Um, you know, it's pretty easy. There's 33 senators, so take the population, divide it by 33, right. and you come up with your number. And uh, so I'm going to be well above that. So, and no decisions have been made in terms of what we're going to do. Um, uh, we'll we'll have a committee that, that once we get the final numbers, and we'll sit down with our members and and go through that process. Yeah. Yeah, I used to work for Phil Graham of Texas, who you know, and he used to tell me um, if he had if he had to run for office, this was like ten years ago, but he said if, you, if he had to run for office now, he would not run for Congress. He would run for the state legislature because he feels like that's where things are happening. Yeah, no question. Um, and I know that you've been a leader from the get go. I mean, what are some of the things that you know you might tell our listeners on? that your most proudest moments in, in the legislature. Sure, well, and, and <laughs> you guys know this, a lot of folks don't, is, is I've been there as Republicans have taken over. Yeah, that's right. I was gonna talk to ask you about that. So, in, I was elected in 2006, and so our first day, my very first day in session in January of 2007, the very first vote I cast was for Ron Ramsey to be Lieutenant Governor, mm -hmm. and he won. Um, and defeated John Wilder, and so um, you know that's the very first vote I cast. Oh, so yeah. that's that was exciting. And then, but we we still it was it was razor thin. We had sixteen in the state senate. We had sixteen Republicans, sixteen Democrats, and effectively one independent. And so, uh, and then the, the Democrats had solid control of the House, and Phil Bredesen was governor. Right. So, you know, we, we had that little toehold in the Senate with Ron mm -hmm. Ramsey as speaker, and he, he gave us Republican majorities on all the committees. Uh, but, you know, it was still, we still had to have Democratic votes in order to get things passed. Um, two years later, we picked up seats in the Senate, got solid control, and then the House 
was effectively 49, 49, and one. Except for that one little problem. <laughs> That's who I'm calling the one. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and, and, uh, but um, we did have solid control in the Senate. And then two years later, uh, it was 2010, we got solid control of both chambers. Bill Haslam was elected governor. And yeah. so Republicans, for the first time uh, since the Civil War, had, had full control of the, the Tennessee General Assembly. So very exciting times to be there. But having back to your question, so uh, you always start, I, I always start with the budget. That's the most important thing we do um, is, is manage the taxpayer's money and right. how we spend that. And I'm very proud of the fact that we, we balance our budget. We're required to by constitution, but even states that have that constitutional requirement sometimes play games in order yeah, to imagine. satisfy that constitutionality when really right. it's not fiscally prudent. We don't in Tennessee. We truly balance our budget every year. And as we said here today, our state's in the best fiscal condition, even coming out of a pandemic than it's ever been in. We have $1.55 billion in our rainy day fund. Mm -hmm. um, we have, we're the least indebted state in the nation on a per capita basis. People don't realize that sometimes. And so we have very little debt and uh, we took on a little bit of debt in, in COVID, but for the two years prior, we took on no new debt and we didn't take on any new debt this year. So. Um, uh, for our large capital expenditures, we're paying cash uh, rather than bonding it, which we can bond and still maintain a balanced budget on capital expenditures. But so, and and we're one of the lowest tax states in the nation. So, um, and it was that strong fiscal position going into COVID when we had all the uncertainty, not sure what's going to happen, economic shutdown, uh, that allowed us to weather that, and we were coming out of it in a in a very strong uh, position. So. So we, we now have Republican supermajorities in both the House and the Senate, and we've got a great Republican governor in Bill Lee. Um, and so it's it, the challenge now is is that we have to govern, and we have to govern the way that we said that we would, and, and I believe we have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you, 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 we talked about Governor Lee. You came in as majority leader the same time he came in as governor. You were kind of in the Senate for a while, but you had a new role. Um, what was it like being in leadership and really kind of, you know, only had three really remarkable sessions you know we've had COVID and COVID light and mm -hmm. you know kind of uh, first year of the governor um, just a lot of interesting times that you came in how was that different than you expected it to be when you came when you come in because obviously it was just a different environment than than what, what you thought might be when you were majority leader yeah great question so the my primary role during session as majority leader is to sponsor the governor's legislative package right and um and that includes administration bills from the various departments, anything the governor wants to do is a legislative initiative, and then obviously the budget, I sponsor the budget. Uh, similarly, my good friend William Lambert, the House Majority Leader, plays that role in the House. He was also new coming into mm. 2019. That's so right. we had a brand new governor, mm. brand new Senate Majority Leader, and brand new House Majority Leader. Right. And uh, luckily we had folks like uh, Lieutenant Governor McNally and, and, and others that had been around for, for a while uh, to kind of help us, you know, through that process. But uh, for, for three rookies coming into <laughs> brand new positions, um, we, we did have a learning curve there. Now, 2019 was, was a great year. Um, we got a lot done legislatively. Um, 
2020 was uh, was certainly a curveball for all of us, but I think we managed it well, and I feel really good about the session we just concluded um, about picking back up with right. with things that were important to the governor and legislative initiatives, and then where we are from a fiscal standpoint. How did that come about, where the majority leader sponsors the governor's package? Because you know you're you're in a legislative role. Your job as as majority leader is kind of the you know somewhat of a leader of the caucus as well. How did the governor's legislative agenda become the majority leader in the House and Senate's major function? Yeah, historical precedent. And, uh, and, and by the way, it, it's not necessarily the majority leader. For example, if you had, hmm. let's say Republicans had the majority, but you had a Democratic governor, then it'd be the Democratic leader who would sponsor that, those, the governor's legislation. Hmm. Uh, luckily, we have a Republican governor. We have Republican supermajorities in, in both chambers. But, uh, but yeah, looking back, um, uh, Ben Atchley, uh, who's just a, an icon in Tennessee, uh, God rest his soul, he, um, he carried uh, all the legislation for Governor Sunquist when, when he was there, yet they were in the minority. So it's, it's the party leader right. uh, based on whoever the, the governor is. But that's one of the things that really appealed to me about the position of majority leader my predecessor and good friend Mark Norris got appointed by President Trump to be uh, become a federal judge. So when he finally got confirmed, it took a while, but he, when he was finally confirmed and took the bench, it opened up this position and I was really excited to, mm -hmm. to take a stab at it because I enjoy the policy. I enjoy the politics of it, but I also enjoy the policy. And, uh, and it's, it's been a really great experience working with Governor Lee and, and getting to do a deep dive into the policy side. Do you want to keep on talking policy, or you? Want well, to I was going to ask you. Um, <laughs> to uh, well, I was, I was, you know, you talking about policy and you know conservative principles and and thank you, you know Republicans in charge. Like, what what brought you to the Republican Party? Why are you a Republican? Why 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 do you? What makes you kind of believe in the policies that you're implementing, and and why are those important, and why are they putting Tennessee in the great place that they are? Ronald Reagan. Like many of us, right? Yeah. I mean, so I was 12 when he got elected in 1980. And that's when I first started kind of having an interest or showing an interest in, in government and politics. And so from the time I was 12 until I was 20, he was president of the United States for that you know eight year period of time. So just uh, really thought a lot of him and, and you know he convinced me. Now my parents were conservative. I mean, they, they were Republican and conservative as well, uh, but, and they certainly voted and were engaged in, in, in the process, but, so they, that had an impact, but Ronald Reagan's what, you know, mm -hmm. pushed me over the edge, and so yeah. it didn't take me long to realize I was a Republican. That's yeah. awesome. So you got the, you have a neat district, some great communities. If you were going to, somebody from the outside wanted to go somewhere and Williamson County, what are some of the places you tell them to go? Well, there's and a I know. Look, we're not going to hold you. These are the greatest places. <laughs> no, there's but, a bunch. You know, yeah, there's, there's a ton. Right. So yeah, there, there's there's a lot. I I like the uh, the history of uh, you know the Civil War history, and, and Franklin is a big deal, and we get a lot of tourists that that come in that are you know doing the Civil War tour. You've got the Battle of Franklin uh, that took place, and and we've preserved the the city has the Eastern Flank Battlefield. You've got the Carton Plantation there and you can tour the mansion and, and that's just wonderful. Ironically, I live down the street uh, from the Carton Plantation and I actually live on what used to be the Carton Plantation. 
Wow. And uh, so a lot of neat history there. Um, and uh, that, that a lot of people come come to see. Um, got the cemetery there at Carton, which is really uh, moving uh, to go and see. Uh, I'm a big fan of Leapers Fork. Uh, mm-hmm. Leapers Fork is a fun place out on the western side of the county. I lived out there for my wife and kids and I lived there for about 10 years. Hmm. And I owned a business in Leapers Fork for a number of years. And and uh, so really have some strong ties out there. So that's just a great Saturday or Sunday afternoon trip to go out and check out Leapers Fork and, really and, and visit around there. So uh, those those are two, but uh, um, I'm a fan of uh, all of my district and I'm biased of course, but I think it's the greatest place in the world to live. It's pretty great. What's your favorite restaurant? Don't well, get in trouble here. Yeah, I mean, no, you know, there's a lot. So that is going to be. And constituents be, might call in yeah. and complain if you pick the wrong one. Oh gosh, I'd, I'd have to say Puckets, and when you say Puckets, that can mean various. Yeah, places. I was about to say it's kind of got grown multiple yeah. multiple ones, but but we frequent uh, the Puckets in downtown Franklin a lot, and then the original Puckets in yep. Leapers Fork. So the, yeah. the original Puckets Grocery yep. Store is there in Leapers Fork. Rob Robinson owns it, and he's a good friend. They have live music. My band plays out there periodically, and. And uh, great barbecue and just good ambiance, but and then uh, of course the Puckets downtown, and that's Andy Marshall, who's a great friend and and has done very well with uh, with the Puckets brand and expanding it. Chattanooga, oh yeah, Asheville, well, a lot yeah. of people go. Columbia, I mean, Walker yeah, and I are very familiar with the uh, we, Franklin restaurant scene. Yes, yes, because we we, are. when we ran Bill Lee's race, you know, our office was like right in the middle of Franklin, right? So there were so many options yeah. that you yeah. could. You know, to go to, yeah. so, and even more now. I don't know if even more now. The square yeah, in Franklin totally recently, changed it's a lot. Changing yeah, more since, since years, the campaign. So. Anyway. Someone told me you were connected with Mafiosa's restaurant somehow. Is that true? Well, only my, my son works there. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. My my youngest son uh, Walker. He he works at uh, at Mafiosa's. So I have a beef to pick with someone at Mafiosa's. They got rid of the Joey, which was my favorite oh, pasta yeah, dish. Yeah. Yeah. And. It's like I can't get it anymore. What's that? It, it, was, it was uh, Italian sausage and broccoli, and it was a vodka sauce. And it was mm. so good, hmm. and I was hoping I could like talk to the management here, having you here, yeah. but apparently that was that it's was probably the incorrect intel. Right. But my, uh, my 17-year-old son is a long way from management, <laughs> but, uh, but he loves working there, and it's a great restaurant. It's a good it, restaurant. It is. They occasionally. Uh, he, if, if uh, there, there's an order that's wrong or something, he'll, he'll bring something home, you know, yeah. whenever he, he gets off work, if, uh, he's brought home a pizza a time or two and, uh, oh, it's good. Yeah. They have great food there. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to music, who are your four or five favorite bands or people? Yeah. So, yeah, I have to start with George Strait. Um, He's uh, the the king, you know, the king of country music, and he and I graduated. I'm from glad the same you said college. that because I'm not going to mention names, but I heard this other guy's name come up, who's from Oklahoma, and they said he was the king of country <laughs> music, and I was like, he's good, Garth. Yeah, oh, I said yeah. he's oh, great, but I don't think he's the king of country music. Yeah, right? I think I think Joe, I think Garth would tell you. And I'm Garth huge, is great. I mean, I'm a huge Garth Brooks yeah. fan. But I think Garth would tell you that George is the king, yeah. king of country music and was a tremendous influence on on him. But growing up in Texas, and um, George uh, Straits released his first single in 1981, and uh, uh, and of course he became a huge star, you know, in, in the following years. But he was a big deal everywhere. But he was certainly a big deal in Texas. Absolutely. And so it, it became yeah. And if you were a band, oh yeah, and you were playing, you you played a dance or whatever you yeah. had to play. You some played George Strait all songs. a bunch of bunch of George Strait stuff. So this is a funny story. So I went to the same 
college. Of course, he's older yeah. than I am, but, but we gra both graduated from Southwest Texas State University. Our other famous alumnus is uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Right, so when it was Teachers College. <laughs> right? It was a normal school. Southwest oh, okay, Texas sorry. Normal school. Then yeah. it became Teachers College. Okay. Then Southwest Texas State University. It's now Texas State University, but I don't like calling it that. But right. uh, Southwest Texas. So huge George Strait fan, playing music down there. Went to college, playing, you know, in bars and, and doing that kind of stuff, and just just loving country music. And just through a couple of connections, I actually got to go backstage a time or two at a George Strait uh, concert, but never met him. Never never got to meet him. Uh, I was even at an awards at one of the CMA award shows. Uh, with a buddy of mine who's in media and press and that kind of thing and uh, was really excited to hopefully get to meet George Strait and um, uh, but he didn't win any awards that year so he didn't come to the to the press area and I was like dad gummit and so just <laughs> I thought when am I going to get to meet this guy I mean uh, surely I can at some point so several years ago I was uh, going to a meeting in Beth Harwell's conference room speaker Beth Harwell at the time and Judd Matheny is on the phone, and as I walk by, I hear Judd say, yeah, when we finish this meeting, we're gonna go over and meet George Strait. He's, he's filming a movie over at the Nissan Stadium or whatever it was called at the time. Uh, and I stop dead in my tracks, what? and I wait for him to get off the phone. He turns around and he says, oh, hey, Senator. I said, Judd, I'm sorry, I wasn't eavesdropping, <laughs> but I heard what you said, I will give you thousand dollars if I can go with you to meet George Strait. That's goes, oh, hilarious. Yeah, we're going over. We're going to go meet him. Did he collect? Two, he no. didn't collect. No. He didn't. He didn't make me pay. But two hours later, I got my picture made with George Strait. That's Fine. awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, a great guy. Great guy. Well, there's but, so much. Mer I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't say Merle Haggard. So, oh yeah, George, Merle. George yeah. Merle probably two of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, just being in the music scene here, you know, it's amazing that, that, that finally that one time came along. That's there's yeah. so much opportunity. Yeah. And you know, just being in, in the community and sometimes yeah. it's because of politics or whatever I've met, got, had the opportunity to meet a lot of, you know, famous people and, uh, and being the music nut that I am, um, I, that's always a treat, you know, get to meet some of your idols. I was at an event, ironically, I mentioned Merle Haggard, I was at a Merle Haggard tribute concert, hmm. and we presented, Rusty Crow and I presented a resolution to the family on stage, Bridgestone Arena, in front of 18,000 people, uh, which was really an honor to get to do. And there were a number of folks there, but just by happenstance, I was in the right place at the right time, and I got to meet Keith Richards. Now that is pretty cool. And I got the picture to prove it. Wow. Now, what's your go-to song that you want to play? Like, you know, if you, your, your band is playing, you've been playing for 30 years. Every time, it's like, I've got to play this song. Like, what's that song? Yeah, gosh, there's several, uh, but I, uh, Mama Tried, Merle Haggard is one of my all-time favorite songs. I mean, it's just, it's so good. Uh, a lot of George Strait stuff. We, we uh, of course, do Cowboy Rides Away, Amarillo by Morning. Uh, his first single, which is one of my favorite songs that he ever did, is uh, Unwound. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is, is his first single, 1981, and uh, but there's not, gosh, we probably do a dozen or so George Strait songs, but uh, but probably those two. Again, going back to the Strait and Haggard, mm -hmm. it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. What else you got? I think we've kind of covered most of it. That's what I really wanted to know. So Keith Richards is he like a little guy? Uh, you know, is he like really short, skinny and yeah, real, real, real thin. Um, and um, and I could show you the picture. He's shorter than I am. I'm six feet, and I'd say he's five, 
nine, five, ten, something okay. like that. Got it. Just as nice as he could be, and it was very brief, but uh, but you know, got to chat with him for a moment and get a, get a picture with him, and so uh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So what's next for Jack Johnson? You know, I just I love where I am. I, I love being in the Senate, and I wanted to. You mentioned um, Senator Graham, and um, I'm I feel similar about that. I'm grateful that we have great people like Mark Green, John Rose, Marsha Blackburn, Bill Haggerty. That, I shouldn't have started naming them because no, 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 no. Yeah, and it's yeah, nothing but, to belittle what they're doing. They're it, doing great, and, great and, stuff. And and it's very important that they're there fighting that battle for us in Washington. And it is it is critical. And I worry about the future of our nation every day. And I know many people do. But I really feel my place is in state government. I, I, I love state government. When uh, Marsha ran for U.S. Senate, uh, people were calling me, you're going to run for Congress, are you going to run for Congress? And I said, no, no, I, I, I want to be where I am. I enjoy the state Senate. And, uh, and, you know, they think you're just being coy or something. And you have to say, no, listen to me. <laughs> I'm not running for Congress. I, I'm grateful for people like my good friend Mark Green, who was in the state Senate with me, and he's doing a, an amazing job up there. Uh, and he wants to be there, and he's right for that. But I really feel like my place is, uh, is, is in state government. And, and the honor, I'm in my third year now as majority leader, and, and I'm really enjoying that. Mm. I'm, I'm enjoying working with Governor Lee and his administration. Our Senate family is just some amazing men and women. We're a family. We're very close. And it's just such an honor to get to serve with them. And we actually get things done. Right. Mm -hmm. you know, That's right. We can, we can actually do good, positive things, and we don't have the gridlock that you see in, in Washington. And uh, I joke sometimes, and again, no disrespect to any of our friends who serve in the federal government, but if they could just send the Tennessee General Assembly up to Washington for two or three years and let us kind of do it, um, you know, maybe we can make, make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on behalf of our state, we're, we appreciate what you're doing and yeah. we're glad you're there and yeah. we appreciate well, thank you. you. But thank you for sharing tonight, today with, uh, about music and, yeah. and restaurants and, uh, this is fun. Yeah, it's uh, good. And I appreciate you guys doing this. It's a great, again, great opportunity to, to be able to reach out to folks and tell them about yourself. We love it. Well, we'll do it again. And with that, Senator Jack Johnson, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you guys. Thank you. That was Senator Jack Johnson. Senate Majority Leader. Um, Devaney, what would you think of that? Well, I enjoyed it. I like Jack. Uh, liked his uh, stories about Texas and um, <laughs> his, you know, his uh, George Strait and uh, Merle Haggard. It's so funny because I was, we used to go to this, uh, where I grew up, I grew up in a small town and there was a, they have a rodeo every year. And they'd have a dance after the rodeo, and y'all and everybody went, man. It was like a community thing. <laughs> and there was a, a band there, probably just like Jacks, that would play George Strait, Amarillo by Morning, Merle Haggard, um, Silver Wings. I, I mean, like the good thing about those songs is I'm not a very good dancer, but I could two step to those songs because they're so <laughs> slow. And uh, anyway, it was just a, it just kind of reminded me of the of the old days. So, but it was it was fun. I just love that we're getting to, you know, you, you read about these leaders in the news and it's all about their votes and, you know, what are where, where are they on this controversial issue or that that particular issue in the legislature or national politics. And I just love hearing his story about meeting his wife at a young Republican rally. And, now that I did not know. Yeah. But she was the Wilson County Republican chairman. Yeah. That it's was just, kind of remarkable. You know, I mean, moving. Because she was young. I yeah. Mean, then, yeah. 
moving to Nashville, you know, on a whim to chase music. And I just, what an interesting story for, yeah. you know, just, uh, you, you, there's, there's 130 of them up in the legislature. And I just, you know, things like that are just to, to me, why we like why we're doing this and why it's fun to do this. And, uh, you know, I'm, he, he was really, uh, talking well, in my opinion, on, on why he's a Republican and what they're doing in the legislature and why what they're doing is important. And, Part of the reason why we're Republicans, I mean, we, you know, we're not really trying to push partisan stuff here, but generally speaking, um, you know, we agree with with the positions that they're taking, and um, and I think it's been been good for our state overall. Yeah, no, I I, I enjoyed the interview, and I, I think you know, I think people can see why he, you know, he that, he he really moved up fast in um, as a leader in the in the state senate, and I think even by that interview, you can tell. I mean he treats everybody fairly. He, um, he tries to reach out. He tries to be, I would say nice to everybody, but he's, he, he tries to work with, work with everyone. Yeah. And I think right. that kind of comes across in that interview. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. And, you know, it kind of goes to the point that we talked about too. You know, it just seems like there's more solutions being pursued at the state level. Yeah. And, nothing, and uh, nothing against our, Oh yeah, no, folks. That's been go- this th- this kind of gridlock stuff's been going on for a long time. That's right. That's right. Uh, I mean, we have a good delegation. We do. We do. We're we're very lucky. Um, I feel in Tennessee for all of our leaders, currently. Um, you know, what I, I keep here when I think about these history, I just keep in the back of my mind. I don't think any Democrat thought that there would be Republican supermajorities, and so there's just I it just to me is is even more important that we from a political standpoint, work to keep them because I just think, you know, wins can change very quickly, but oh, yeah, I think sure. we're in, we're in, you know, we're in good shape with the people we have. Um, you know, we, we forgot to ask him this, but, uh, you know, as a follow-up, um, you can find, how do you find, Jim? yeah, you find him at Senator Johnson, well at Sen Johnson. So S E N Johnson on Twitter. And, uh, you know, he's got, uh, um, and Johnson for TN.com. And uh, he's just a, he's a great leader for our state. Um, we hope that he uh, continues to uh, be a good leader for us. And we appreciate him joining us as well. Who do we have next week, Devaney? Well, we're uh, we're getting getting off uh, kind of the area of talking to political, necessarily political leaders right now. We we thought it might be interesting to interview someone in, in the media. Bob Mueller, who's been a, a staple in uh, Nashville homes uh, on the evening news for for years, and so he's going to be on our. Uh... I'm looking forward to talking to Bob. I've done his Sunday show, and you've done his Sunday show, yeah, many times. You were his chairman. I was as an RNC official, and um, I, he just loves politics and loves covering politics and talking to political leaders and. I'm just looking forward to kind of, frankly, turning the tables on him a little bit and seeing uh, how, how he thinks about stuff. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he turns the tables on us. I'm sure, but as a good journalist, he probably. I'm will, always concerned when I interview reporters. <laughs> That's. <laughs> it seems like well, they start asking questions. We, we just we'll have to be on our toes. Yes. Um. But uh, yeah, we look forward to talking to Bob and not the former FBI director Bob Mueller. No. But, no. Uh, um. And maybe we'll we'll get some good stories out of him. Um, well, Devaney, we're, again, we're glad you're, you and your family are safe. Um, we'll keep you in our prayers again. Obviously this is a tough time and, um, you know, whatever we can do to be helpful, we're going to do it. Thank you. Look forward to next week. Thank you to all listening and everyone have a great weekend.
Oh, I got. 